And I am Ben. And this is Where Have You Been, a podcast about movies and the friends who haven't seen them. And today, we are looking at 2016's sci-fi modern classic on time and relationships and communication. Oh my god. <laughs> Emotions. Uh, Arrival. Yeah. Talk about advanced communication when you already know what's going to happen. Anyway, sorry. Spoilers. Yeah. No, I mean, absolute spoilers. If you haven't seen this movie yet, I would very much encourage you to see it. I think I've seen this one about six times. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, were you, like, even aware of this movie, like, being a thing? And you remember, like, I, seeing the trailer for it? You know, I think I, I knew of the movie. I just thought, I think I've got it confused with a bunch of, like, Tom Cruise movies for some reason. Mm. Uh, like, I think maybe Edge of Tomorrow might have like crossed my mind while I heard Arrival and then I thought some sort of space thing and I don't know, Tom Cruise was in my mind for some reason. Uh, and so, no, I guess not. I didn't really know because I didn't watch any any of the trailers. I just knew uh, a movie was called Arrival. Okay, nice. I mean, shout out Edge of Tomorrow. What a fantastic yeah. movie. That oh, is. absolutely. Yeah. I think he's also in Oblivion that also kind of has like some space stuff around that time. Mm, okay. Tom yeah. Cruise and Aliens, let me tell you, he's got, he's got a history. <laughs> we will not be potting any of those movies. Um, sadly uh so i guess you know this is one of those movies and we'll reference this a little bit later that i think is not you know pun intended is is not very like linear right Mm -hmm. where you have a real solid foundation and grasp of like what happens or what the movie is about or trying to say per se like i remember my Mm -hmm. first time seeing it and just being struck with just feelings I guess is a way to put it. like just emotion. I was like, I just felt very emotional. I felt that I really liked it, um, but I also yeah. still had like a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm curious for you, like, what do you think kind of happened? Like, what what do we what is your like takeaway from the movie in terms of like the story? Like, what what was it trying to do? Well, it's a I, you know it's kind of hard to think about what happened when I don't know. Like what is happening? <laughs> no, that's sorry. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I, I do know. Like I kind of got the idea of like the story and how it flowed, and then how the story kind of changed perspective as time went on, and like how this was actually a story like from the past, sort of. Uh, and it's, I guess, like the thing that happened. I guess we kind of know what happened is like uh, first of all, you know, dude. Well, okay, no, I'm going too far. That's too far with it. I'm just trying to think of what happened in that moment to make her think of like that uh that language that was able to make her like see into the future or know things about the future and oh i'm spitballing because i don't know i don't have an answer because it's like <laughs> I, I i think like you said this is your sixth go around on this mm-hmm. and and you're and you're picking you're still picking up little things uh from the movie and me with my first go around i i it's I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like all of a sudden she got the sight to like, she, she learned this language and she was able to uh, see the future sort of, or see what's going on in the future because of this language. And it's just, it's, it's, it's perplexing to me. It's making me want to go back and watch it again. So I guess the short answer is, 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, listen, there's no shame in that. It's, it's right. you know, I am someone who can, I really appreciate movies like this. I enjoy mm-hmm. the ones that feel like, uh, like it has layers that you just peel away. I, you know, I hate onions in real life, but I like the <laughs> onion metaphor, right? You, you peel it back. Um, I, I famously, my, well, not famously, my dad's not famous, but my dad hates movies like this. So whenever we'd watch movies, <laughs> I could tell about a quarter of the way in, I was like, oh man, he is going to hate guy. this. And at the end, he'd be like, I don't get it. I, I didn't like that. I, He's a man who likes his answers, damn it. Um, <laughs> shout out to my dad if you're watching. I don't know why. He probably doesn't even know what Spotify is. But anyway, shout out <laughs> my dad. Even, uh, shout out to Mike's dad. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You know, I like movies that are better on repeat viewings and, Mm -hmm. you know, you can pick stuff up on them and there's stuff to talk about. And listen, there's a time and place for just, you know, Thor shows up and there's the Hulk and they beat the (laughs) shit out of everything. And you're like, that fucking music was sick. And you just leave the theater. You're like, that was fun. But you don't really like think about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not trying to say anything. Uh, No disrespect. Um, No, yeah. So it's like a nice little balance to have. So... I guess you know the movie is tricky in the sense that you it starts us off um, with mm. a scene very reminiscent of uh, Up. Have you seen Up? I have seen Up. Okay, yes. so you get like this emotional just gut punch in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Of this of uh, Man, Amy Adams' what character. What a comparison! Oh my Luis. god. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Luis, who uh, is with a, a daughter, right? It's these very quick kind of flashes, and then the you see we see the daughter die. Um, very very quickly right like mm-hmm. she's some disease something or other and you get all these flashes without really telling you anything except for just love like it's shot very wonderful it's perfect it's set to this this track the score that we'll talk about later on um mm-hmm. and you think that it's a flashback right i mean that's what you initially think on first viewing it's like oh okay this is it's a mm-hmm. flashback because that's what happens in movies right is it's a flashback yeah. and it's it's telling me about this character but it turns out that that's actually a flash forward. Um, yeah, which is fucking, my mind is blown. Sorry, continue. It's, it's a crazy, it's crazy to think about. Um, mm-hmm. And so, long story short, right? She she meets up with these aliens who are coming. We don't really get much answers there, which is again, I'm I'm okay with that. They need humanity's help, and they have to. They're offering something to us. Now, the the language part is goofy because they they you know miscommunicate and call it a weapon when in mm-hmm. reality it's a tool and they're giving humans the tool that will help us help them like thousands of years into the future i don't know exactly what the number was i forgot um and the tool is to be able to see time not linearly linearly is that even a Li- word i don't know linearly Linearly, you know what I'm saying. Uh, from, from, yeah, from A yeah. to B, <laughs> but they see it uh, as a, a a thing that is you see it all, all at once, mm-hmm. right? It's the idea of the circle, right? The, the 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 beautiful kind of written language, if you will, of the aliens. There's no start point and end point, and she cracks this code of that. It's um, you know the ability to just see it all at once right you don't have to you don't the sentence doesn't have a start and an end just like your lifespan doesn't have a start and an end you can see it all at once and so the movie is focusing on uh, Luis's journey to seeing her future 
to be able mm -hmm. to answer questions in the present and to be able to, uh, you know, do actions in the present to, you know, stave off war, right? The with with the Chinese general, um, where she basically is able to see into the future when they meet a year and a half from when the movie is taking place. So, uh, you know, it's it's basically this this gift that she's able to somehow earn or or learn that it allows her to see i, I imagine just everything any aspect of her life like she, I, you know i would imagine she would be able to see when she dies exactly um, right which that's a mind fuck right right um, yeah absolutely and you, you know her birth her first memory she's able to see it all um, whenever she wants to which is which is pretty crazy and so the movie is set up in this idea like these things are all flashbacks like who's the father and it turns out you know it's 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 ian who they mm -hmm. haven't they're not even in a relationship when the movie is is going on they're just colleagues mm -hmm. does that make sense it does it does a little bit i think uh yes once again, I think I have to rewatch the movie. <laughs> I would encourage a rewatch because you, yeah. you definitely pick up on a lot of things. And I mean, obviously, any of you, I would I would encourage a rewatch. It, you know, it's obviously a very very beautiful film, and it's an interesting concept. It's a thinker, that's for sure. Right, but, right. You know, we, and we, we got a lot of stuff to talk about that'll get those thinking caps. Absolutely, and I, I think you know uh, how time is a, a circle. That's what you were kind of going with. I mean, like. I, she she took she took all this time to get all this tool this this tool from an alien, but then you could just look at Tom Brady just win Super Bowls, and you know that time's a circle because you know every year he's just gonna be there and he's just gonna be holding a trophy after it's all done. So everyone kind of has this 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 power now because of Tom Brady. Fuck that guy. Man, fuck I'm, Tom I'm a hater. Brady. I'm a hater. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I was kind of down for Tom Brady until the whole like mega shit, and it's just like, bro, get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah, get out. I mean, I, I can I can impress. I'm impressed. Forty three years old, won a Super Bowl. Honestly, let's yeah. be real. It was the defense? Shut yeah, for down sure. The pack shut down Mahomes. Pretty ah. uh, pretty good. I'm gonna be very honest with you. I did not watch the Super Bowl. You know what? I that's fine. Great. I watched Wandavision. That's Shout fine. out Wandavision. If you're not watching oh, yeah. Wandavision, you should check it out. That's on our list. That's on our list. We got to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. All right. Anyways, let's jump to the segments. How'd you do, Ben? Let's start off there. We had, you know, just Man. four. Um, I don't want to say this was your worst performance ever. This, it wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't good. Like, especially, you know, we'll get to questions three and four and they, I could have switched the answers. I've been a lot closer, <laughs> but uh <laughs> But uh, but here we are. It's not it's not the greatest. Yeah, and you know this one was a little bit. This was one of those tough ones that I think in our group you were the only one that hadn't seen it, so you had to guess first each time. And, and God. you know it <laughs> yeah. was very obvious once the second person guessed that you you know. Yeah. There were some oopsies. So first off, a classic. We started with uh, smoochies. How many uh, mm -hmm. smooches would we see? Um, you know, we should have had a, a bonus question of do we see an alien human kiss? Ah, Ooh. to all the shippers out there for the weird stuff. Um, <laughs> but we sadly, you know, you guessed four. We sadly did not see a single kiss in the whole movie, yeah. which is, on, upon reflection, kind of astounding considering there was right. all these touching moments between uh, Luis and, and her daughter, Hannah. Right. Uh, also, yeah. you, know, you know, the, you know, Ian. Um, I mean, none of the army people were going to be making out in the barracks. He knew that, but uh, <laughs> hey, so you never know. You never know. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we goose egged there. I think everybody and got if, that one wrong. If you would have if you would have thrown the alien human kissing question at me, I would have been like, you know what? I want to see it. I'm saying there's five, man. Let's go. <laughs> All in, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I you know after you see the alien, there's gonna be some questions as to how that would work. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Anything is possible. Exactly. Uh, next one was deaths. We had you guessed deaths. Uh, you guessed three. Um, if we were counting more than human deaths, mm-hmm. you would have hit this one right on the head. We had uh, two human deaths, and then we also had the the one alien. I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was Abbott or Costello. Yeah, I know. I forgot which one it was, I too. I remember that, but, yeah. you know, oh, well. So only two. Mm-hmm. So one off there, not too shabby. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then... Uh, asked how many times we hear the word alien said mm-hmm. and you said 23 and surprisingly yeah. not that many I think you know this stumped a lot of us there was only seven instances um, yeah. yeah I mean it helps that they gave them nicknames right away um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I was going to say like they what do they want mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense you know uh, and then the the real money maker was the Sea Circle maid. Now you've never seen the trailer or anything else. Could you know? How could you have known that the aliens would communicate through drawing a circle via circles? Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> so you said five, which I think we all just started laughing. Yeah, uh, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, guys. Wow. First of all, <laughs> um, I do have to shout out you though because you caught that we saw two circles made by uh, Amy Adams' character. Um, yeah. which I wasn't even prepared to look for. So shout out to your eagle eyes. <laughs> I was um, working against myself. Oh you my were, God. You were. Uh, <laughs> I think you knew that you were fucked, basically. Yeah, yeah, uh, right yeah. Away. So uh, you guessed five. The correct answer was 23, which, yeah, mm-hmm. if you would have mm-hmm. done a little flip-floppy there, um, could have been a little more interesting. But, you know what, it's okay. Right. One, one day. One day you'll you'll get the perfect. I will. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Let's bust into some stats. We have an IMDb rating of 7.9, which is obviously very impressive, very nice. Yeah. Tomatoes, 94% critic score, and 82% audience score. I'm guessing that that 18% is the old, my dad, right. who is just like, what the <laughs> fuck? I hate this. See, that's um, the thing. I think like I think like people can still appreciate a movie even if they can't get it and i think that people i shouldn't say aren't open to appreciating a movie that's confusing or just kind of like i don't know ignorant about it like me i know like i can go into a movie not understand a damn thing but can still be highly entertained by it and i think that like that kind of happens with this movie for me um but yeah i don't know open up people come on that I'm should picking be picking up what you're smart. putting down yeah, still an 82 percent, pretty pretty darn impressive that is still very good it had a $47 million budget. It made $203 million. Mm-hmm. And it is also an adaptation of a novella by Ted Chang called Story of Your Life. Uh, he was quoted as uh, saying, I think it's that rarest of the rare in that it's a, it's both a good movie and a good adaptation. And when you consider the track record of adaptations of written science fiction, that's almost literally a miracle. Um, so, you know, yeah, shout out to, uh, you know, the screenwriters, shout out to the director, uh, Denis Villeneuve, um, Mm. who, you know, were able to make sense of this. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the story itself, I read a little bit of a synopsis. I didn't want to like read too much because I I kind of plan on maybe reading it one day, but it sounds like it's a little more complicated in what the aliens, uh, give humanity 
Um, and there's a little more of like the inter, uh, the the communication between countries, I guess, is <clears throat> way more pronounced in the book, which makes right. sense. We don't spend all of our time just with uh, Luis, which makes sense in a movie format, but uh, in a written format, I get I get that change. Mm -hmm. uh, the inky circular alien language was created by Montreal artist Martine Bertrand. Uh, it is also the artist's son who created Hannah's drawings. Oh. So if you see those drawings, which is another like little subtle clue in a, on your second view, and you'll have to go back and look at this, uh, mm -hmm. where on the watercolors you can see the you know uh, mommy and daddy, which is Luis and uh, Ian, um, and the bird in the cage. Uh, there's also an instance of the alien. You can see the actual alien as like the it looks like a hand that she drew. Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Again, like it's not a flashback; it's a flash forward. Uh, yeah. But kind of cool that the artist's son uh, made the drawings. I kind of like that. Yeah, you got to um, wonder. Like that dude probably made bank. Also, the the Montreal artist because he had to probably draw a billion circles to fucking get into this movie. Oh my god! Absolutely. <laughs> and they're all wonderful. And it nice. looks super cool. I mean, it's it's definitely yeah. a very unique aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I'm having uh, Amy try to draw one for our poster. Ooh, should be exciting. That'll be good. Hope you like it. I mean, if yeah. you're listening to the pod, you're probably looking right at us. So, anyway, <laughs> hey, she should. I was gonna say, like, hey, she should try to draw it with like our names, and then where have you been, and the language, oh and the. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that, Amy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, next one is the the crucial turning point of the movie occurs when it's revealed that the worldwide feared heptapod weapon, uh, which opens time, and that uh, Luis now. Um, possesses is in fact their language however if we look back it's foreshadowed near the movie's start as Ian and Luis are being flown to the landing site he recites the preface to her first book on linguistics language is the foundation of civilization it is the glue that holds people together it is the first weapon drawn in a conflict just a mm -hmm. nice little uh, mm -hmm. foreshadowing there I kind of like that um it also uh, builds up to this very like intense scene at the very end where uh, Luis's character is trying to prevent uh, General Chang from starting, uh, starting a war, right? They're going to attack the spaceships, and he, she has to do something to get him to stand down and to open up and share their information. So, you know, she steals the, the satellite phone, and she has to call him. And she gets his number because she is able to see into the future when they next meet and he shows her the cell phone number which is just right crazy right oh. this whole time you're just like wait oh my god what is happening i feel my brain flipping upside down in my head right um, and it's this whole big build-up and they spend all this time thinking about what was the wife's dying words because that's not in the book it's not in the novella uh, and so they had to re they had to create this for the movie because they thought it'd be a really powerful scene because that was what she would say to General Chang to get him to know that holy shit I got to stand down this is serious mm -hmm. and yeah. so the words you never hear them um, the uh, the words themselves were uh, in war there are no winners only widows and oh. Oh. It, it's a funny thing because screenwriter Eric uh, Heiserer I think is how you say his name Okay. Um, he, he worked really hard on it obviously had to come up the dialogue in Mandarin and Amy Adams had to learn it in Mandarin uh, as oh. well they spent weeks on this and then he, uh, uh, Denis did not include it 
um, in the movie, which I think is kind of a cool choice. It leaves you like mm-hmm. thinking like, oh man, what could he have said? But on the flip right. side, if it was in there, it would have been kind of cool too. But it was just like, man, all that work to go into that. And then, <laughs> oopies, it's gone. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Now you know what General Chang said. And what a great thing too. In war, there are no winners, only widows. Let's not, yeah. fight. Let's not fight the wars, guys. Let's, exactly. Uh, let's, exactly. Let's chill out, right? Mm-hmm. Be good. Yep. Uh, last one. Last but not least, we have our Buffy Link. So I have two of them, although one's like a half. So it's a one and a half. Um, So Amy Adams actually played Beth, who is Tara's cousin. Tara's or Tara's? Uh, I think it was Tara, yeah. Tara's, I think so too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cousin in the episode Family. She's got a small little minor part, which I think is just kind of fun. It's it's cute. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jeremy Renner also appeared in the universe so he was in the show angel as mm-hmm. a vampire named pen apparently mm-hmm. he was like a serial killer and then became a vampire and then became like a super serial killer i don't know because like <laughs> kind of like all vampires are serial killers when you think about it right um so there you have it two pretty quick and easy links i like That's it solid. Yeah. That's solid finally something easy finally <laughs> yes this one was remarkably easy what was your favorite part favorite part of the movie ben what do you got? What were the things that you uh, you like the most? So I kind of want to put a disclaimer on this for a favorite part of the movie, at least for this episode. Uh, for this movie, like, I really had to pay attention. Like, every scene kind of ties together with each other. Uh, and it's just, it's it's since it is such a, uh, a thought-provoking movie, it, it was for me to, like, pick out certain uh, scenes uh, to actually proclaim as my favorite and it all it all just like i don't know like the whole movie was great and like trying to figure out like a big puzzle that i was trying to put together there uh, but i'll i digress i will start here um i really enjoyed um what was what was uh amy adams character's name louise louise yeah louise uh when louise was being recruited like um to the military to do this language thing and uh, first she was like, yeah, I don't know. And then they're like, well, we're going to go ask this other guy. And then she's like, well, go ahead, ask him to see what this means. And then he came back and then he was, it was all wrong. And, uh, and it was very funny. That was funny to me. But then like they had Amy Adams, they had Louise come in there and that's when they, that's when she has a first interaction with Ian and their little banter back and forth about science and language was like, uh, good enough for like, I don't know. That was fun. That was just fun to see like him as like an all science loving guy looking at everything scientifically while she's looking at everything, uh, via communication and everything. And I think like their first interaction was very well done. Like, uh, oh, what's the quote that he said? He's like, language is not the science. Oh gosh. I have it written down. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Not language, but science? Yeah, because there was our for book quote that I mentioned earlier, that language yes. is yep. the foundation mm-hmm. of civilization. He says, no, science is the foundation of civilization. Mm-hmm. Something like mm-hmm. that. Yes, yes. Okay, and yeah. I thought that was very well done. But I, I did like their first interaction. And then just like knowing the end of the movie and how they, you know, were married or, or are married. I, ugh, God, I don't know the time thing. But uh, like just seeing them interact that first time made it really that much cooler knowing what was going to happen later on yeah absolutely um Mm -hmm. i you know for the one that i i'm I'm choosing one that's it's kind of it's long whatever i don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck Mm -hmm. it's it's our pod we can do whatever we want right Um, yeah i just love 
everything about like probably the first 10 15 minutes of the movie um from the very brief it's it's very brief and that's why it kind of reminds me of up the the intro this beautiful and sad kind of progression of time with her daughter like even just like the the stick em up partner like mm-hmm. it's it's got like a first person pov uh of you know her in the sheriff gear and she's like i'm coming with my tickle guns like and that's just it's just really really <laughs> great yeah. it sets it up so perfectly like this child is loved you know this this mother is 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 completely invested in her in her kid as well and then you see the heartbreak um and it's just the little subtleties of it and it, it's just like the hospital visit where something clearly isn't right and yeah. then it cuts right to the you know her her daughter is dead in the hospital um to then it, you again you think it's a flashback but you think it, it instead it's a it's a glimpse into something she just hasn't even happened yet where she's going to her job at the the university and how there's all this weird buzz and like no one's in the hall um and all of a sudden everybody's phone starts going off and they mm-hmm. uh turn on they're like hey can you turn on the news first off badass little panel slips aside and she's got the huge tv behind it very nice <laughs> um, yeah and what a great focus a, a choice stylistically to not show the news footage it just it's it focuses on everyone's reaction to the news footage which is just like slack jawed nobody's saying anything it's like a shell shock which you kind of would have to imagine it would be to just learn that hey there's these motherfucking spaceships and they're here right like we are not alone in the universe something or someone is here making contact with us and it honestly reminded me a lot of 9-11 um when i was i was in high school when 9-11 happened and um i just remember everything just kind of shutting down and everybody just being glued to the television and just yeah. watching and if you were watching the same fucking thing over and over and over again it's not like there was anything new or anything like earth shattering like here's the mm-hmm. answer it was just like holy fuck this thing happened and we're all collectively just shell-shocked in front of it and i thought that whole piece that whole intro does a great job of setting up first of all like emotional weight this movie is going to be an emotional roller coaster and two like the this sense of almost like overwhelming i don't want to say dread because it's not like dread i don't i don't get the sense that any character necessarily feels dread except for maybe the fucking Mm -hmm. crazy cia guy Um, right but i think everybody just has this overwhelming sense of like everything has changed and what the fuck do we do now kind of this helplessness Mm -hmm. and i think it really sets that great tone in that beginning first 10 minutes Oh, absolutely. And I think just to just to go on top of that, uh, when you say when you say uh, uh, f- that feeling of dread, I have to give it I have to give props to uh, the sound uh, the <clears throat> God, the composer of this movie, uh, Johan. Yo, I think it's a Johan Jonasson. Yo, Johansson. Yo, Johan Johansson. Either way, he made like these really ghostly sounds that fit the movie really well. Like once that uh, everything that you just mentioned happens, all of a sudden the music just becomes uh an enabler of like what's going on in the movie as far as like being so 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 like sad like so 
just fucking everything like that music played a key role into how everything was supposed to feel like you're on the edge of chaos other countries are about to go to war with this thing that's very unknown and no one knows what to do and since it, since no one knows what's going on everything's been uh kind of thrown in different ways and and it, just like the uncertainty of everything it all was like pieced together with like the ghostly sounds of like that score that uh, Johan did for this movie. And I can't wait to talk about it more uh, during the sound check, but uh, that was another favorite part of mine. Yeah. I just, uh, it's almost like its own character and I, I mm-hmm, wish I could yeah. do it justice, but it's like that. It's like, uh, like, a, like, I don't know how to do it, but you know, it's like when the mist is rolling over the Hills when you're first yeah. introduced and that music kicks in and it's, it's loud, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like a yeah. subtle, it's, it's done really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and those ghostly sounds kind of continue with another favorite part of mine. Uh, when they first go into the alien ship, like, there's just a tense moment. First, they're setting up shop, and then she's just like, like, Louise is just looking at this this thing, and she's like, what are we what are we doing? Like, what, what can we do with this? Like, <laughs> like oh, my God. Shock. Yeah, and then just, like, uh, and, and just going up in the ship, and then, like, how they're adjusting to the gravity inside the ship itself and, like, running on the walls... Uh, figure out like, like time out here for a second too. like put yeah. yourself in her shoes oh. you, as she's coming in as they're leaving they're seeing somebody leave on like a, a stretcher with one of those like chambers around it <laughs> and you're just like uh excuse me uh, uh what so happens with this dude uh you know hey, is this is there a correlation to what i'm about to do i, I don't really know here <laughs> It's just like watching a, a drunk pilot get onto the airplane you're about to fly. In. Oh, my God. Dear Lord. Oh, my God. But, yeah, no, just like that overwhelming feeling of going into the ship, not knowing what's going to happen. Like, it's like, it's all the uncertainty. This whole movie is just filled with uncertainty. And just, like, that's what kind of makes you want to watch it more. It's just uh, um, fantastic in that way where it's just all always mysterious even you could feel like the characters being scared it's 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 great it's like a it's a slow puzzle that you're like attempting to put together but the yeah. pieces are all kind of like they're out of order intentionally because you don't know what the fuck's happening mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and again that emotional conveying the emotion of it is just done so well and i mean shout out to everybody involved with that i mean amy adams deserves a lot of credit because you're you're living it through kind of her perspective and she just is I mean, first of all, she's a strong, badass motherfucker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I love that about her character. We'll, I'll get into that later on. But, like, her ability to still have that strength but still appear to be so completely overwhelmed on what's happening is yeah. just done really well. And I think it captures really strongly what a real kind of first contact would be, right? Like, ultimately, we've seen this in a lot of different movies. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen this in real life. But, like, <laughs> oftentimes it's played off for gags or it's a joke or it's, you know, it's fucking E.T. with some Reese's PCs or it's <laughs> Men in Black, you know, like, but it would be just, it would be just earth shattering to every known thing that you see as an absolute in your life and your existence as a human being. And you're about to come face to face with something that throws everything into question. And, of course, you're going to be like, what the fuck? You know, like on the inside, oh, you're like, I don't wanna. No, my God, they're don't real. Make me jump into the oh, gravity tunnel. God. No. And, oh, God, and she does it real. great. She crushes it. Like it's just yeah. you have that feeling the whole time. You're just like, but again, I just wanna, I wanna hammer it home too. It's not a sense of like dread. Like I never once feel like afraid, or I feel mm. that she's necessarily afraid. It's more just like a, 
complete overwhelming sense of like WTF. Yeah. Which I think is way more relatable than just being like scared out of your fucking mind over this thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think as uh, Louise like gets her bearings together, I do like that one interaction she has with the uh, uh, Colonel Weber uh, about like explaining what's in there and everything. And then she's like, or Colonel Weber was like, everything you do in there, I have to explain it to a room full of dudes. And the and, <laughs> yeah, and right. like and the, the first and last question would be, how can you use this against us? Uh, and so she's like trying to like figure something out. Then she like brings up the story. And like uh, 1770, Captain James Cook's ship ran off like in Australia or something like that. And he walked around and found like uh, ab- Aboriginal people. And then they saw like an animal and they're like, what is that? And the Aborigines were like, it's a kangaroo. And then like it, like the story goes, like it wasn't until later that, the can- that the, they learned that kangaroo means I don't understand. So it's like this really weird explanation of language. And I think the best part of that whole story was that she just fucking made it up. I fucking yeah. love that. <laughs> that's so good. I just like that the whole thing. Because I was like in, I'm like, holy shit, did that really happen? Hell yeah, that's that's awesome. I didn't know that was a thing. And then she's like, no, nah, that shit's fake. Don't even worry yeah, about that it shit. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> really well done there. Um, and then, like, another favorite part of this movie for me is, like, just the characters themselves, Abbott and Costello, and I shouldn't say characters, just the aliens themselves. Um, first, you know, it's scary. They You see them, they're fucking huge, and the, you don't know what they're going to do. They look like some, like, a bigger form of squid, I mean, honestly. Yeah. It's uh, like uh, and thing from the Adams Family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think. Yeah, I think uh, Amber brought that up, too. Huh? Um, but, yeah, I could see Thing looking like that, too, and... Like, you just see them, like, just large, in charge, in, like, booming language that they do because they're, like, making some weird noise and they don't understand. And uh, they, they start doing this language thing. And then once you learn, it's like, once you learn more about this character, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, these people aren't so bad. And when I say these characters, I mean, like, these two aliens, Abbott and Costello. I think also giving them names also helps. I, I think, Absolutely. like, as much as they as much as they make a joke about it, it's like, if you give it a name, you're going to start having a connection with it. And that definitely happened with these aliens here. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, all leading up to when Abbott and Costello are, like, finally, like, or, or when I should say when Louise is finally getting through to, like, Abbott and Costello and, like, really learning their language, all of a sudden the U.S. military uh, is in, if this was actually happening in real life, I could definitely see this happening in real life. Where they're like, I don't know what's going on. Let's fucking bomb it. Fuck it. Just who cares? Get him and get the bombs in there. Uh, and of course, you know, like as soon as Louise is about to make this breakthrough, uh, Abbott and Costello are talking, and then this bomb is in there. And I think that was so cool um, that when Abbott and Costello made this connection with Louise that they saved her from the bomb uh, and just like threw her out real quick before like anything happened. Her and Ian out real quick before anything happened to them. Uh, and just those characters really really well done even though they didn't really have any words they just had like this mysterious language that no one knew i connected with them really well yeah i who would have thought right something you wouldn't understand really at all with their pretty central um Mm -hmm. and yeah shout out to saving them here's a mind fuck for you oh Um, no if they can see time linearly it means that they knew that that bomb was going to get planted there and they let it happen Oh, or non-linear. Abbott, I say, if they could see Abbott, fucking Abbott Costello, come on, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like you could have, like, did like was that? I guess maybe that was like he knew, like he had to die in order for this to actually work. So yeah, God, maybe. that really messes me up now. Pretty crazy. 
Damn. Uh, and my last one kind of fits in with that is is just the piecing together what was happening with the flashbacks, right? Mm-hmm. That aren't actually mm-hmm. flashbacks. Like, in, in a second viewing, it hits a little bit harder because you, you kind of see all these pieces on what's happening. But they're done really, really well. Not only from the sense of it's mm-hmm. you're kind of getting disguised by what's happening. I mean, there are some mm-hmm. sleuths out there that are really good at seeing this stuff that are probably could pick up on like, yeah, something's a little bit tricky here. Like once they get like the the word, they're looking at the the daughter's looking for the word, the zero sum game, um, you know, and she's yeah. like, ask your father, and then she ends up using it in the thing, and you're like, wait a second, that's uh, what's happening here, and it's because she's she's looking at the future and pulling stuff from the future to mention the present. Uh, but it's just mm-hmm. really well done. I, I just I really like it. And let's be honest, time travel movies, which I consider this like kind of a, a, a it's a time travel movie. I think it's, it's a weird. Yeah, one, I, I, I guess I uh, kind of yeah. Yeah, I think I included this on my you know shout out to season one when we talked about the Terminator oh. time travel movies. I did mention this as one of my Mount Rushmores. It's you done did. really well, and it could have gone really really bad, like off the mm-hmm. rails bad. And it's tough because in a movie like Terminator, it's just you're supposed to be like yeah fuck it. You know, they could send back a dude, but you're naked and you got to fight. Um, but only one of you. And you kind of, you're not supposed to really think about it. But in this movie, it is intentionally, like, you have to think about it. The whole thing is mm-hmm. set up on this premise of, like, thinking about what it actually means. And it's at the center of the story. Whereas in Terminator, it's really just like, you know, Arnold's here beating the fuck out of everybody. Um, <laughs> give me your clothes. Give me your clothes. Or look at my dick swinging. <laughs> well, actually, according to my calculations, I think that would defy all laws of. Oh my God! Shut up. Well, actually, time we've I, you know I've got a lot. Of, we've this is a fun one because it it's got a lot of linkage to things that we've already talked about. So right, uh, I'm gonna start off with our our QAnon motherfucker uh, in the, uh, oh, the military tries yeah. to bomb it. So the movie treats like top secure top secret security clearances. Um, pretty pop like how I imagine it would go now mind you you know I'm a public school employee what the fuck do I know about you know top secret <laughs> security clearances but they very clearly take away Ian and uh, Luis's phones everything right everything is on lockdown that's under shutdown and so you would assume that the rest of the staff would also be under these same uh, restrictions and so how the fuck is Captain Conspiracy uh, able to have a laptop with Wi-Fi and he's allowed to watch like fucking loser ass Ben Shapiro being like these aliens are gonna kill us <laughs> like come on now come on I-, I get that you had to have it you had to throw a little drama in there for the story but it's also right. like they wouldn't just let you be watching some random YouTube fucking blogs and shit they probably wouldn't even let him do the phone calls to you know his girlfriend or wife whoever is like hysterical she's like do something like bitch shut the fuck up <laughs> you know what's happening? God damn, I hate people. Anyways, it's yeah, a lovely, yeah. lovely movie. But yeah, I got yeah. A, I got a question about that one. <laughs> I mean, I think you said it best, really. I think that's uh, that's all you really need to say. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, let's just bookend these. Fuck it. We're, sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, the kangaroo, going to the kangaroo story. So mm-hmm. this, what you know, because it's always like, well, is that really, really true? Or was it a made-up thing for the movie? So the actual kangaroo story um, is an urban legend, right? Which has been debunked since the 1970s. Um, mm. You know, you mentioned it, com- you know, completely correct. Um, you know, it's it's a it's like a it's a fun little wives' tale about mm-hmm. um, language, right? And, and misconstruing words and stuff like that. It didn't actually happen. It's a lot more complicated. See? You can go back and you can read the 
it's like a, it's like a big article. Trust me. Just just know that it's it's a fake. It's fake. It's a cool fake. story though. Very cool story. It I was worked. going to say I didn't know it was a thing until like this movie. I didn't know that was actually a. Me neither. Thing. Never heard of it before. Wow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a couple questions for me. Uh, what would the military base really set up shop like that close to the spaceship? Because like, I guess another follow up question here is like, what if the alien ship just decided to like fall on Earth? Because like. If you look at the spaceship before they go up, it, it's like just floating there, like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, like 30 feet from the ground or whatever, really close to the Earth. And this thing is massive. And, like, if it fell over, if it, like, fell over, it could, like, fall over the wrong way and just, like, right on their military base. Like, what, would you would you necessarily set up shop there next to it? Like, why? What are you doing? Stop that. Legit questions. Yeah. yeah. I don't have an answer for you there. <laughs> Seems like a tactical mistake. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, also, here's you. a fun one for you. How fuck? And listen, they were lucky in America that it was in Montana. You know, right. just flat land. You, you put up that little uh, that little lift, and you're like, all right, good to go. But the one in China was like in the middle of the oh, fucking yeah. sea, dude. They're on a boat <laughs> trying to. It's like boats rocking up and down. And you're trying to get up there. Holy shit! My Christ! Oh, I bet you if one of those things land in the, like the ocean, that would like fuck up like weather over in America oh, too. My oh my Huge god! Tsunami! Like it'd be Dear Lord. deep trouble. Dear God. Anyways. <clears throat> also, um, I didn't really, I don't know if it, it could just be me not getting the movie, but there's like a part in the middle of the movie where there's like a random narration from like Ian, I think mm-hmm. it was. I'm pretty sure it was yes. Ian. Yeah. I didn't, I just didn't understand the placement for that. Like it just, it seemed kind of weird to me. I'm like, first I thought it was just some random narrator. I'm like, this doesn't fit at all. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, it's Ian, but I'm still not getting why this is all happening right here. If it's just like, uh, like a weird version of a montage of some sort i I don't really understand that part yeah listen and narration is tough right Mm -hmm. in movies where it works it's fucking great i mean i'm thinking like uh like shawshank uh goodfellas all Mm -hmm. really good examples of narration but usually to me anyways narration means that your movie is fucked and you need a voiceover to explain what's happening because you can't convey Mm -hmm. it with the actors or the story in front of you on the screen um And yeah, it is. I, for me, I think it accomplished two things. One is a, a, a time jump. It allowed there to be a jump in time where we were like, mm-hmm. we didn't have to spend the weeks or days or who knows how long it actually was cracking all of the language. It was kind of like the Eureka moment. And then it was like, okay, we're, we're jumping. Mm-hmm. And then it also gave Jeremy Renner's character a little bit more agency like something to do and show that he was like yeah. invested in the story and, and he right. kind of was like in awe and talking really like kindly about Luis and being a genius so maybe it was like a little bit of like hey he's maybe crushing Ooh. but yeah it is kind of very random at first you're like Wait, what, what 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 are we doing yeah yeah just like it threw me off a little bit it kind of took me out of it just a little bit but it was it was still fine right. um uh I think you know one of the questions could honestly be what the fuck but <laughs> I'm just going to say, so is this movie about something that happened in the past? I feel like, like you got the answer for this one now, right? Like you feel Yeah, like... and I, I feel like yes. Or no. I don't see, I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because it has nothing it... to do with the past. Mm-hmm. Everything to do with the future. She never okay. once goes back and looks into her past. That's fair. But, Although, but yeah, she has okay. the ability right. to do so. But we all she have could. the ability to do so, Ben. Right. You can right. literally Absolutely. go into your mind and think about what did you have for lunch today. Hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. you remember. 
Uh, uh, yeah. I did a I had a salad. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was Ooh, it was that sounds fantastic. good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't need a special ability for that. It's about her being able to see <laughs> into the future. Yeah. It's okay. You'll watch it again. You'll feel better. I, I, I'll feel better about it then. I think that'll be just fine. Here's my final three questions related to the okay. time thing. I wanted to put it at the end. Number one. So was this movie ever even really in doubt? What was going like, to happen the whole time, right? Because clearly the aliens yeah. needed our help. Mm-hmm. They knew that we were going to get their help. And so the whole thing was for nothing, right? They knew Captain Conspiracy was going to do it. They knew that we were almost going to blow them up. They knew that mm-hmm. this lady, Luis, was going to be the key. Otherwise, how would they have existed, right? This is the this is the tough part about time travel movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, in Avengers, and this is kind of I don't know, but uh, when um, God damn it, what the hell's his name? Uh, God, I can't think of his name. I'm looking at him. He's in my mind. I can see him. He's playing by Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, thank you. I couldn't fucking, for the life of me. Uh, Like, when he's, like, going in time and wondering, like, out of how many times does this work this way? And it's, like, one time out of, like, 115 million or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, like, this was, like, their one time. Maybe. that kind of thing. This is true. Who knows? Maybe it's an alternate reality thing. You never know, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, My next two are kind of combined. You know, if she can see into the future, what the fuck does that mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously, we got yeah. the cute, like, oh, where she can see that she's going to have a daughter. Her daughter's going to die. She's going to be married. You know, she's going to have lots of joy and love in her life. Mm-hmm. But also, is she going to know that Tom Brady is going to win a Super Bowl at age 43? Because <laughs> that's some legit, that's some fucking uh, Biff power right there. We right. all saw what happened in Back to the Future 2, all right? Like, I was, I there's, was there's say lots of questions. Betting. This is Pandora's box. She's going to know yeah. everything. She's going to know who's right. going to be the next president of the United States. She's going to know who's going to win uh, MLB MVP in, like, 2032. She's going to mm-hmm. know, like, uh, when a fucking meteor hits. Like, in a sense, if she experiences it, she would be able to see it all. Which leads me to my next question of... Is this something that is easily transferable, right? Like clearly, yeah. Jeremy Renner's character doesn't get it, right? Um, so she gets it. If you read her book, can you do it? What a fucking sales pitch that is on that book, Ooh. baby! Bestseller book, bro. Ooh, that's how but, she's making the money, like, man. <laughs> but that's why she like, ain't sports. That's why she's not sports betting. I just yeah, like what a what a <laughs> mind fucker. Like, could you imagine even just one person knowing? The future and how much mm. of an impact they could have on literally every fabric of human existence. Um, See, it's a huge mind. That's why I think. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what does this mean for humanity? And that's the whole point of the fucking movie. Is like humanity mm-hmm. is gonna fucking step up, bro. They're gonna be able to see what's what's gonna go on, and they're gonna be help these weird aliens somehow. And, but and like, I think, wow. I, th- I was gonna say, like, I think, like, with this kind of power, like. It's 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 very fragile. Like you can't be a bad person and have this power, because then otherwise, you know, you would take advantage of it, and all of a sudden do like a Biff thing where you're like the president of a city or president of whatever. Biff, you own the police. Yeah, exactly. Fuck Biff. Uh, but like, if you're a good person that's wielding this power, then 
fucking hell yeah but i guess like that's an even deeper thing to dive on like what makes a good person <laughs> yeah because you could just but, fuck up you could just be like yeah hey, you know i can't pay my bills oh fuck it you know who won the sixers game tonight right yeah. okay let me put a hundred dollars on that you know what right, i mean yeah. like i'm bringing up sports yeah. betting obviously that's pretty low stakes compared to like the huge stakes that involved with just knowing not anything really yeah absolutely um, and the pressure too so like I don't know. We'll get into it later on. But okay. it's it's a big will, actually. Yeah. One, two, three. This is a sound check. Sound check time. Ben, what do we got, baby? Five, sound check. Excuse me. I don't know what the hell is going on with that language. Uh, <laughs> jo- Johan Johansson, Johansson uh, was the person that did the score for this movie. His actual, like, if you could check out the soundtrack on uh, Spotify, it's really good. Like, it's actually, like, I listened through it, and it's, like, really well done. And I even looked at, uh, he, he composed a couple other movies, or, yeah, composed a couple other scores for movies as well, and they're really well done, too. Like, it, it all seems kind of similar in a way. Like, obviously, this one has a little bit more dark tones, and it's really haunting. Like, the score is haunting itself. It's, like absolutely insane and really does a good job with the movie like we've mentioned before like the whole dread feeling and everything um but a little bit of backstory of johan he lived in berlin germany he was the first icelandic person to win a golden globe award and that was the best original score for the movie the theory of everything great movie Uh, by the way i I have not seen that so maybe that's on the list too stephen hawking it's on netflix oh okay all right um, he preferred to be called a composer who also scores movies rather than a movie composer. And I think it's because like he was he was like it's it's he's a solo artist, but if you listen to his albums, because I, I I briefly went through some of his albums earlier today or earlier throughout this week, and uh like they all sound like movie scores. Like these things could fit in the movie. Like he has a single and I forgot what it's called, it's like a long title. Um, but like it sounds like something that's a story like his his scores and his music is just kind of a story and i think that really worked well with with this movie like since we already talked about how like the sound the, the score itself is almost like its own character with how uh once again going back to that uh, feeling of kind of dread but not really um he denied suffering from depression he called his condition melancholia but didn't necessarily regard this as a bad thing he compared it to purposely watching a sad movie Unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago. He was found dead in his Berlin apartment after missing several work-related appointments. Although the cause of death was never officially uh, figured out, a toxicology report surfaced later, which stated he had taken a fatal combination of anti-flu medication and cocaine, which had caused cardiac failure. Uh, you know, I'm not... It's just... I don't know why any... Okay. Nope. That's it. I'm just done with that. I'm going to stop so, I'm gonna stop talking. Yeah, rest uh, in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, J- uh, Johan uh, must be really tight with uh, the director, and I almost fucked up the director's name, but it's Dun- Dunny uh, Vol- Volnov. Volnov. That's, Denis Villeneuve. It. Denis Villeneuve. Thank you. you yep. uh, <laughs> they must be tight because they worked together on several movies. They worked together on several projects. Uh, of course, Arrival. Uh, and then he also worked in a movie called Prisoners. Um, says I don't know how to say Sicario. it. Cesario, Sicario, thank you. And he also did Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. And he was bangers, baby. They're I, bangers, man. Uh, that's crazy. That's crazy. And I haven't seen any one of them. Oh my god. <laughs> oh what? No way, dude. <laughs> he actually. Um, last thing about uh, Johan is he actually signed up for the uh, Christopher Robin movie. 
that was happening with Disney, but he unfortunately passed away before he could get oh. before he could do that. Uh, so that would have been interesting to hear kind of like his take on that. Like his his music is just interesting. I didn't know that there was a whole whole list of like albums that he has on Spotify, and they're just all. I mean, from what I heard so far, I didn't because there's a lot of them. I didn't really dive into everything, but uh, they they sound great and they sound like movie scores but he's not considered a he doesn't want to consider himself a movie composer and i thought that was pretty interesting hmm. fair enough and i think that leads us to our soundtrack standout here we are so we have to pick something from the soundtrack of this movie uh and i have to stick with uh johan here he has a song uh, or he has a, 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 a he composed a, a song called hep hep hepta heptapod b sorry i don't know why i can't read uh heptapod b and it's really interesting like it's probably the if you're listening to this whole soundtrack uh it's probably the most light the, the i guess the lightest song the most cheerful song in the in the in the whole soundtrack and it's just interesting what he can do with some dark undertones but then he has like voices he uses voices to be the main component in this song and they're not singing words or anything they're just like they're just just using their voice in like different uh the low tones the high tones everything i'm probably like really brushing a broad stroke uh, stroke here but but uh but hepatod hep heptopod b <laughs> is uh definitely one you should check out the voices itself are just interesting to listen to nice uh and i'm choosing the the main title uh song which is called on the nature of daylight mm-hmm. which is uh done by max richter um mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful beautiful uh strings um song i think it's it's like it's like six minutes long if you've seen the movie you know which one i'm what i'm talking about mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so yeah it's just yeah, beautiful well it's it's just it's gorgeous water cooler water cooler talk oh yeah water cooler talk time we have a lot to talk about let's jump right into it yes. let's talk about our mount rushmore's uh you know is we we enter season two you know we got we're having to change it up here a little bit because uh, I don't want to have repeats, so I can't do time right. any anymore. Terminator stole that, so instead I went with movies that confused you, but it didn't matter. You loved it anyways. Movies that you were just kind of like, huh, wait, what the fuck just happened? Uh, but you yeah. you left me like I still liked it, but uh, I might need to watch a YouTube video later, right? Or you do the nod along <laughs> when your friend's like, "It was so dope." You're like, "Yeah, yeah dude, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally, I got that part." And you're like, "Hey, what the <laughs> fuck?" Um, so happened. so yeah. So what do we got? What are what are your four, Ben? My four uh, starting out. I think I kind of have these in order. Um, I will say my list is surprisingly filled with Christian Bale, but uh, the first order of business. Um, the number 23 with Jim Carrey, oh, that movie. I never saw that uh, movie. You never saw that movie? Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's really well received. Like, I think people kind of saw it as lame. Um, but I, I kind of enjoyed it. And I think it was like something different for Jim Carrey because obviously people know him more as a comedian. But this is like a different take and it's like almost like a horror thriller aspect of it uh, and the way it kind of works out. I didn't really understand how it all worked out. All I know is that. This is where I give it up. This is kind of where my favorite my favorite number comes from. It's because of this stupid movie. But uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say stupid movie. I, I did enjoy the movie. Um, but I, I just like I like took it and ran with it. I was like, oh, 23. That's yeah, I kind of do see it everywhere. It's kind of crazy. It's like uh, so that's that's the story of my favorite number for some reason. Um, next up on the list, American Psycho. 
I was kind of fo- I thought I followed it all the way up to like the end there when nothing really happened and he wasn't really like insane but I think Christian Bale did a wonderful job uh, and just that it, it's so it's, it's fun it's fun to watch it's kind of weird and psychotic obviously Great it's called movie. Psycho American Psycho um, another Christian Bale one that I have is The Machinist mm. which is have you seen that movie I have not Amy mentioned this though as like yeah, I know that you know Christian Bale lost an insane amount of weight for it. Yes, um, but no, I it never was saw it. scary. It was scary, and the story itself was scary too. And just like, I don't want to give away spoilers because I want you to see this movie. Okay. Um, okay. but like the ending is just—it's fucking—it's. I'm gonna stop talking so I don't give away any of it. I don't want right. to do that. <laughs> uh, and then number one, my absolutely favorite movie of all time. I shouldn't say that, but it's one of them, The Big Lebowski. Mm. Like it didn't really have. <laughs> it didn't really have like a clear plot like it yep. was just like this guy just all of a sudden had some bad luck and then fucking chaos happens and i absolutely love that movie i love dressing up as the dude i have a dude sweater you guys have seen it on wednesdays and saturdays when we're watching movies <laughs> but uh but but uh yeah no the big lebowski my number one movie uh for movies i didn't get but i fucking love anyway so nice. yeah all right what um mike I had a similar issue of like a lot of movies um, that I was trying to think like, all right, which ones were I, was I the most confused? And the issue that I have a lot of times is, you know, I, I, I'm a repeat viewer. I will watch mm-hmm. movies multiple, multiple times. Like I remember watching Inception, one of my favorite movies ever um, in the theaters, I think six times. I watched it six times in theaters. Um Mm-hmm. And I've seen it countless times since, but it's just really good. And that one is not up there for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm going to springboard into another Nolan adventure. Actually, I actually have two of them on here. So Interstellar, Ooh. I'm going to put, okay. Okay. Um, which is just a really good movie about uh, time uh, and space travel and um, the things that we value um, and what we're willing to do uh, for those mm-hmm. things. Uh, it's just really, mm-hmm. really good. Uh, I'm going to assume that you've seen none of these, um, so I guess you can tell me otherwise if you haven't. <laughs> well, so far you're one for one. Okay. Um, I also put in, we'll go with another Nolan, Memento. Uh, which oh, is, I've seen that movie. Suck it, uh, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, you know, is is a great movie. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, which mm-hmm. means it's about time because... I kind of don't remember a lot of the beats, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, is is perfect. It's a perfect time to go back and rewatch it because it is one of those movies that, like, the end happens and you're just kind of like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what? Um, yeah. And, you I mean, Guy Pierce is fucking great in it. Also, shout out um, Trinity. What up? Oh, yeah. Um, too. And, yeah, just a good movie. Um, I also have 12 Monkeys oh, in okay. there, which is a Brad Pitt... Uh, Bruce Willis movie about mm-hmm. a virus that wipes out the world. Wait, what oh, the shit. fuck? Um, I'm assuming oh you haven't God. seen this one. Maybe this will be a future. Yep. Um, where have you been? Because it's mm-hmm. wild. It's some wild ass shit that happens, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Very enjoyable movie. Uh, and then my last one is Shutter Island, which okay. is a Scorsese movie um, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Also, shout out Kenosha's own Mark Ruffalo. Um, oh. And that one's a really, really good one that I am going to assume you haven't seen that one either. Nope, nope. Yeah, so okay. three so, for four. Three for four. Nice. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Wow, you've never seen Interstellar. That's kind of mm-hmm. crazy. Um, all right. Well, you know, we're, we're adding things to the list. 
But yeah, <laughs> I enjoy those kind of movies. I could have been a lot on there, but that's that's my Mount Rushmore, I think. If you ask me tomorrow, it would probably be different. I, I do want to say, like, my other movies that I was thinking about saying, were, one was Memento, mm-hmm. uh, one was The Butterfly Effect, oh. uh, one was Fight Club, and the other one that I didn't, I didn't put this on there. I almost put it on there, but then I was like, I actually didn't watch the whole way through. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are, are similar. Of like, they got a big earth-shattering twist, and you're like, wait a right. second, did I miss yeah. it? Like, what? Uh, you try to piece it together, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, a couple more things. We got, you know, um, we have the. What is something you would want to keep slash have from the movie? Honestly, I have to give a shout out to that artist from uh, Montreal uh, because I wanted to get one of them flags uh, that you saw, like right when Louise is like in like the I guess the future or the present. I don't even know when she's talking future. to the the future. Yes, yeah, sorry, when she's talking to the uh, the dude from uh, uh, from China. General China. Uh, yeah, and then I, I just remember seeing like all the national flags that were hanging there, and then there's like one alien flag that was just like this white canvas with the one of the circles right there. And I thought that looked badass. And I know I like have an, a, a bunch of other options, like what the the, the, the stuff that they use on the ship, uh, anything that's on that military base, I could choose one of those. But no, I wanted to go with that flag that would hang up nicely in my basement because that would look really cool. <laughs> I like it. I mean, yeah. the the real kind of crazy mindfuck answer is, would you want Luis's ability? Ooh, nope, absolutely not. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't God. think so either. God. I mean, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump to it. I have this written down. We're going to do it. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to um, do it. She, like, first of all, what a, what a boss bitch, right? So yeah. she, she lets her daughter be born knowing what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And she has this great quote in the movie. She says, uh, despite knowing the journey and where it leads, I embrace it. And I welcome every moment of it, right? Like she, she let her daughter be born because her arrival was more important than her departure. Which, mm. shout out, that's not me. I shout out the YouTube comment on the uh, thing. I, I don't know the guy's name, but whatever. Um, yeah. But it's true. Like, holy fuck. Like, you know, she knew her future, mm-hmm. but she she refused to change it, right? Ultimately, even though it would, it was what led to, you know, obviously her and Jeremy Renner breaking up and her, him not really yeah. even being in their life is because he couldn't live with the fact that she, that they had the, the daughter in the first place, right. you know? Um, it's just crazy. <sighs> just the responsibility and the mind fuck of knowing and then not making an adjustment. Like, even on something, like, silly, like, you stub your toe in the morning. You, you motherfucking know you're going to wake up and stub your toe. Do you not stub your toe? Or do you stub it because you're like, well, fuck, this could change something. Right. I, I think there's like there's several ways of looking at it. It's like either life would get really boring because you would know everything know, that's about to happen. It. I'd hate that. I'd hate that it. would suck. That would suck. Or you see what could happen. I don't even know if it's like if it's a could thing. Is, is, is it you like see, maybe a could No, thing? you see what happened. So there'd like be nothing that you could do to change that outcome. Like unfortunately, in like this situation, like her daughter had this terminally this terminal illness that she couldn't really do anything about. Like what what can you do to change that? You're gonna have this daughter. It's gonna happen that way. You can't do anything else. But like let's say there is something like stubbing your toe or maybe seeing a car accident. Maybe you turn down a road before you get to that one street where you have the car accident. It's it's I don't know. Like is there like a, a different cutoff for that? Like where I you I don't know where you I could see that. That's the only way I could maybe think 
of having this power is being the, uh, able to change some of the outcomes. Like you and, feel pressure, right? Like you know that someone down the street is going to have a home fire and they're they're going right. to die, and it starts right. in the kitchen. Do you just go over there and be like, "Hey, fucking check that hey, wire. That shit's going to start on you, fire." Do you know what I mean? Like, but what does that change? Like, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. Even thinking about it, it's just a rabbit hole of like, <laughs> what the fuck? So yeah, I don't want I wonder, that. I'm not I, stealing I, that, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you don't want that because I wouldn't want that shit either. But I also wonder if like if it's also focus based, like if it's something that you're mm. looking at in the moment. It's not like it's not like you're thinking about the guy that's like three houses down or anything, unless sure. you absolutely think about that guy that's three houses down, knowing what might happen to them. Maybe. Like, is it all like what's going on in front of you? It's ugh, it's fucking it's weird. It's wild, yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's a long short of saying like I don't want that. Here's what I here's what I'm taking. I'm taking the okay. command center, baby. Give me the yep. command center. Imagine Wednesday and Saturday movie nights with a fucking command center, bro. Their reception was stellar. It was great. I'll have a research team that can pull together uh, trivia questions for us to do. Yeah. Movie oh, list. You know they got their fucking pulse on illegal downloads. No more paying three ninety nine dollars to Jeff Bezos to rent Arrival. I just get that shit for free. Yeah. yeah. Big screen, yeah. too. That's what I want. I want the command center. Look at that. Right Look in my backyard. That. No questions, okay. neighbors. Don't look over here. Don't look over here. I like I like how I went like small time and you're like fucking big time up there. You're like, you okay. know, yeah, I think that flag would look good in my basement. You're like, fuck that. Let's get a fucking party in this command center. We're calling aliens and shit, man. Let's go. Oh my god. Got to go big or go home, man. I get it. I get it. Sometimes I just suck at that. Like, okay, this reminds me of like when. Amber and I had this discussion if we ever won the lottery for some reason. Mm. She's like, what would you want to do with it? And I, my first answer was like, well, I guess we can get a bigger apartment. And she's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me, Ben. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm so sorry. I just uh, really hate shoveling. I was like, this is, no, no, this is before we bought a house. Like, this is when we were in our small, shitty apartment. Like, not even thinking like, hey, I could own my own land. I was just like, we could get a bigger apartment. Hell yeah. Oh, God. That's gracious, Ben. It's okay. I know. It's all right. Yeah. All right, next up. Um the what are we missing segment. So, yeah. you know, what what scene did we not get that you would have liked to have seen in the movie? I think uh a better explanation of the language would have been nice. Uh like they did what they could within the movie, like it was still like a long enough movie and I think they did what they what they could with it, like I said. Um but I think they could have they could have you know, dove a little deeper. Dove? Dived? Dived or dove? Dove. Dove? Is dove? Okay, I, I don't know. They could have dove a little deeper into the language itself. and Because uh, I feel like they kind of broke it down into words. Like, they looked at pieces of the circle and they're like, oh, that's this word, blah, 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 this word, this word. And I'm like, well, how do they get that word? Is it like is yeah. like a certain part of it like a letter or something like that? It's, I don't it's know. part of that elusive time jump, right, with right. the E in voiceover, which is, it's convenient. They needed to do it, but it also I... helped them not explain it a whole lot. Yeah. I hear you. Mm -hmm. um, I want, obviously there's a huge emotional weight of the movie attached with the daughter and mm -hmm. the idea that Luis, you know, has the daughter even though she knows it's going to happen i kind of want to see the conversation where the daughter questioned the mother knowing what was going to happen oh um and i know that's like that's like fucking gut and crotch oh, karate God. kick yep. Yep. but like 
I just want it so that she is able to... I want to see her explain it to the daughter. Like, we get mm-hmm. it as, like, a voiceover with the quote. But clearly the daughter knows, right? Like, the world knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, 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 I would be interested in seeing that piece of it as well. And I, I listen, it, it's... Those emotional pieces are done really, really well with the daughter. And they're very, very short. And I wonder if that was, like, something that they... We're like we're purposely doing trimming down so that it wasn't like too weighty. Yeah, it seems like a very perfect mix right now. I almost hesitate to say that I'd want to see it, but I, I am curious about how that would play and how it would look. Right. Oh my god, that'd be gut wrenching. It was gut wrenching just hearing her explain why her dad wasn't around anymore. Because yeah, and all she said was like he wasn't ready to hear what he heard, mm-hmm. and like that's all she could say. And like how like if I'm like if I'm Louise at that moment, I'm breaking down. Like I'm fucking crying. <laughs> that'd yeah. be that'd be that'd be a whole issue with me too. Is like if I saw my daughter at any point knowing what's gonna happen, I'd be crying all the time. I'd be I'd be so dry. <laughs> I'd run out of fucking tears the whole time. And like oh my god, yeah. Oh, that's just yeah. but yeah, that'd be such emotional. Ugh. All right, last but not least, I got a trivia question for you. Okay. It's movie related, so this should be hilarious. You should you should oh, get no. this one down in a heartbeat. Um oh, so Montana has special significance. Mm-hmm. Not in real life cuz like what the fuck's in Montana? But um, <laughs> Sorry to all our Montana listeners. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck off. Um <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> So you might ask yourself, why Montana, right? Why the fuck did the aliens go to Montana of all places? And mm-hmm. there is a little bit of an Easter egg in okay. that another movie, um, which is a very popular franchise, has uh, a scene where there is first contact between aliens and humans, and it takes place in Montana. Do you know the movie? Oh. Or the, I guess, the universe. So it's a it's a it's a series kind of. Yes, multiple movies, but in this movie in particular, it is uh, in Montana. Do you think I have seen these movies? Probably not. <laughs> Already, <laughs> it's just me one. It's just the one movie. It's just the one movie where it's in Montana, but there are multiple movies involving this, these groups <sighs> of characters. Um, aliens. Groups of people. <laughs> I'm really breaking this down. Uh, Montana for one movie. <sighs> um, I'm gonna say. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna be mad when I hear it. Like I should know, but then I'm not gonna be able to. Um, is nope, nope. That's not it either. This is not really a series. That's like something else. Uh, um, that well, ET's not a fucking series, Ben. Come on, what are you doing? It's one fucking movie. Uh, oh, Mike, you're killing me here. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I think it's actually in two movies within this series as well. Now that I think about it, two movies, two movies of this series. Well, it's not Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Although I, I will say that the the second one I'm thinking of, there is not contact, first contact with aliens, but there is. Okay. It is set. Part of it is set in, in this in Montana. 
Is it a horror movie of any kind? No. It's a space it's movie. They're meeting aliens, space dude. Movie. Uh, is it? No. It wouldn't be. No, One's he lived really in Nebraska. old and the other's fairly recent. God, I was about to say Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's not it either. Because I think he was from Nebraska in that one. Star-Lord. Um, fuck. Really? Uh, is it? Is it Bl- Blade Runner? Nope. Star Trek. Star Trek. God damn it. Star Trek, the movie First Contact is uh, set in Montana. You where... gave me such a hint and I like just fucking flew over it. I did. It's okay. <laughs> Overthinking. Yep. No more trivia for today. Anyways. <laughs> Thank God. Who's the best around? Who didn't really bring the movie down? You're the best around. What do we got? Uh, I got to get it to Abbott and Costello. Like, I loved how mysterious they were in the beginning. You didn't know if they were going to, like, just murder everybody. Um, and then as they started working working with, uh, like, Louise and Ian, they just became something essential, like, that they needed to do. They went, and I knew they were good when I was, like, crushed to find out that I'm pretty sure it was Abbott. Abbott died in that uh, that explosion mm-hmm. that happened on the ship because I was like, oh, there was only one of them and then like th- like the way that Costello like explained it is like he's in the death sequence or something like that. It was something very uh, it was just, it was it was hard but uh, but uh, I think Abbott and Costello really made the movie for me because fucking hell yeah, it was good. Nice. Uh, I'm choosing Luis. Um mm-hmm. You know, the part was written apparently for Amy Adams. She accepted within 24 hours of getting the script. Just a strong and determined woman, woman mm-hmm. uh, who stuck to her guns. Obviously, we brought up multiple times the kangaroo, bringing the whiteboard, taking off the mask, going in after the bomb, the call mm-hmm. to the Chinese general. So, like, she was a bad bitch, but also not, like, too much so that it was like she was a superhero type character. Yeah, yeah. She was within her character's constructs. Uh, mm-hmm. And also played those vulnerability scenes just perfectly just what a great great performance by amy Adams yeah, in the movie. She, she did a great job like i remember when you talked about how she was like she's a badass in this movie and then how she also like keeps herself vulnerable that's like the first thing i thought of was like when she was talking to the chinese general uh in like that scene in the future where like she's like well i don't have your phone number and i don't know what i said to you what did i say to you and then just like that whole thing just like her being scared of that it was it was it was very well done she was very good mm-hmm. underrated or overrated ben what are we thinking you see for a movie like this the one that needs a couple takes i'm not sure if i can really give an answer for this one right now i think uh i think that it is telling that I do want to rewatch this and try to pick up some pieces that I might have missed. Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning towards underrated, uh, but like I can't I can't give a solid answer right now because I don't I don't know because I don't know like this movie is still filled with a bunch of questions that I need to answer before I can give it a rating. Nice, I like it. I'm excited to hear what uh, viewing number two entails for you. We will not be yeah. repotting uh, after episode <laughs> two. Sadly, this is already. Uh, over uh, you know an hour thirteen, which you know we we did really good the last episode, and this one you know we, we had to dial it back up. You know, there was, uh, there was a lot of questions to be asked here, <laughs> lots of questions. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, you can follow us as always on Twitter and Instagram at Where Have You Been, like our Facebook page at Facebook.com/slash Where Have You Been W H E R E H A V U B E N. 
Mm -hmm. Feel free to send recommendations or feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And I don't have a great sign-off for this one. I should I could have thought of something <laughs> or rated to arrival. We're excited that you arrived at our pod. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, till next time. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye.